Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. Today, I am honored to have Ryan with me. Ryan, welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast. Thank you so much, Maria. It's great to be here with you today. Yes, thank you. So just so all of you listeners know, the way that Ryan and I got connected was through another podcast that I do. It's called the Financial Coaches Podcast. And Ryan is a financial coach. And so he had asked if he could come on to that podcast. And I just enjoyed listening to his story so much on his podcast that I thought, you know what? Let's have him on here so that you guys can hear him as well. So uh, I know, Ryan, that there are a lot of similarities between what how you started out and how I started out. And that was one of the things that really struck me. So I would love if you would just to share with my listeners a little bit about who you are, how you got to where you are, and maybe we'll get into where you're headed as well. Sounds good. Yeah. If you can let me know where I'm headed, that would be a great, a great benefit of today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll I'll, see how we'll see how well this interview goes for you then. That's right. Um, yeah, I'll try to keep it concise. So, yeah, like Maria said, my name is Ryan. Um, I live in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm married to my amazing wife Victoria, and we have two the the two under two. So we've got two young sons. Uh, our mm-hmm. first son, Eamon, he actually turns two next month, and then we've got a six month old George. So. We're just in the throes of, of parenting and loving pretty much every minute of it. Uh, it's I love being a dad. And I mean, that's right. even in the past couple of years really just had a, a big impact of, you know, how I view life and um, my time and, and money and really everything. So, yeah, just been a, a couple of yeah, years. Of, kids really change things. Yeah. Change your perspective, make you realize what's important. So. Just kind of been on a journey the past couple of years. Um, I recently transitioned from a four-year career in pest control, where that was really just the job I was doing at the time. Um, thankful for it because it's good to be able to provide for your family. But pretty much the whole time I was there, I was just thinking and praying and trying to trying to figure out what would be the next step towards more of a fulfilling career and. So I've always had an interest in personal finance and helping people with money. I just kind of done that organically, you know, with friends and family. And uh, yeah, really recently um, transitioned from pest control. And then, like Maria said, um, now stepped into a career as a financial coach. Um, And yeah, so I'm learning and uh, trying to take advantage of great podcasts like you and Cody's, uh, the Financial Coaches Podcast. And doing stuff like this, having great conversations with people where I can learn a lot. So yeah, thank you again. Oh, you are very welcome. It's my pleasure to have you here. So tell me a little bit, Ryan, about that transition from pest control to financial coaching. I mean, they're very, very different. You're still in service, you know. I mean, we have a pest guy, to be honest, and, and we very yeah. much appreciate him. Um, and I see him always just walking around the perimeter. He's got something in his ear all the time. And I've always kind of been like, man, if I just had a job where I could listen to something all the time, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, so, like, tell me a little bit about what, how, how did you transition to that? What was the, what was the yeah. culminating thing that said, yeah, it's time? Yeah, um, a, a lot. Of factors really there. Um, when I took that that job four years ago, 
I was actually transitioning out of full-time nonprofit ministry and just needed a, a break from that field um, and was newly married and so needed a job that paid decent. So I had a friend that um, was working for his dad's company and so I accepted that role. It was never really, I didn't grow up wanting to, I always say spray houses and slay mouses. <laughs> that was our unofficial <laughs> slogan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a good job for what I needed it to be at that stage of life. And so I guess to answer your question of kind of how the transition came about, um, I have a very good friend. He's actually my my boss now. So he and his partner started their mm-hmm. financial advisor firm, I want to say 10 or so years ago. And um, they just have, it's actually called Uncommon Wealth. They have a very uncommon approach to helping people with their, their money. And they really start with just asking, what do you want your life to look like? Like we all, the traditional path is like, work really hard for 40, 50 years, try to save as much as you can for retirement. And then in those last couple of decades, like live your dream life. And they really asked the question like, well, what if we could, you know, make that dream a reality, you know, decades sooner. And so let's explore, Mm -hmm. first of all, what you would want that to look like. And second of all, what are the creative things we can do financially to expedite that process? And so, yeah, they have a podcast and their message has just always resonated with me. And so I would have conversations with them over the years of just, you know, what they do and the clients they help. And um, I actually know them because we play ultimate Frisbee. So <laughs> we would just play <laughs> and then I would just kind of pick his brain. Um, but kind of fast forwarding to this past year, I just was having more conversations with him. And um, he was asking me some really good questions just about what I see kind of as my way or my desire to help people with their money. And so they actually had an opportunity to bring me on as a, a coach uh, for a resource. It's called Cube Money, and we can kind of dive into that more if you like. But it's basically taking the envelope system of spending, so those cash envelopes that people who have done Dave Ramsey are all too familiar familiar with, and uh, really it's just taking mm-hmm. that and, and put it on an app so you can do it directly from your phone so you don't have to carry around those envelopes with cash, but the, the principle is still there as far as spending, you know, proactively from your budget. So that's my current role right now with them is Mm -hmm. just promoting that tool. Um, my wife and I have been using it for about six months and we love it. Um, it's helped us increase, you know, our savings rate from about 30 to 50%. So nothing wrong with that. But uh, Great. yeah, it's just been yeah, a, really a process of, of learning. And so I'm, I'm happy to be where I'm at now and excited for what's in store. Yeah. So you saw an opportunity that was in alignment with what you were hoping to do and, and the values that you have. And then you were able to seize that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't happen, you know, overnight. Like, like I said, I was in my previous job for four years and, you know, definitely wrestled with the contentment of it and being thankful to have it, but also wanting more and wanting to step into a work that was just more aligned with my passions and my values and, and would give me an opportunity to really make an impact on other people's lives. And so I think it's just a testament to also surrounding yourself with good people who are maybe even a little 
further down the path that you want to be on. So just having good mentors, which really mm-hmm. is what my friend is. And now, yeah, the fact that I get to work directly with him is, yeah, is awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think too, the reason that I wanted to bring up your ability to seize that opportunity is because sometimes we get we get so wrapped up in, you know, making sure that we have everything that we need in place right now. And like you said, you know, that so we can lay it all the foundation and then just enjoy our golden years later on. Um, and I found so many people get to that spot and they're like, um, I'm so scared of spending this money now because mm-hmm. I've spent the last 40 years not spending anything. And so they really get stuck in the scarcity mindset and, and are not willing to, you know, take to certain opportunities or certain risks. And so I just love that you were able to recognize that so early on. And it, for those of you listening who think, well, that wasn't really a financial risk, though, it kind of was because you had a very secured income in what you were doing, and yet you were willing to take that risk and try something different. Um, and I'm guessing just based on what I know about your story, that you had set yourself up in a financial way that you were able to seize that opportunity. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what you did in order to get yourself set up that way? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, Maria. Um yeah, so my wife and I, we've been married for, four, it'll be four years in September. And I definitely, coming into the relationship, I was m- more, I'm a, I'm a few years older than her. Um, I'll just say that. So, but okay. um, <laughs> I, I brought more of like the financial awareness and acumen into that relationship. And I mean, God bless her. She's been very gracious and, and patient and just learning and following my lead and it wasn't without growing pains early on. Um, but one mm-hmm. thing we've just made a point of is is prioritizing a time every month to just sit down and discuss our finances and not even just the the numbers side of it, but also just what are our, our dreams and our goals. Cause if you if you can't incorporate that, then it's just really boring. And like you said, you know, people who are yeah. are doing the a good thing and saving for retirement, that's a responsible thing to do. But if it's if it's detached from a bigger picture of like what you want your life to look like, um, I just don't know where like the enjoyment necessarily is. And then I can see the trepidation when you reach retirement and you're just like, all I've known is saving. Like, how do I feel good about yes. now using this? So I guess to answer your right. question, you know, we we have just prioritized um, you know, being high savers. Um that's not been to the expense of, of us having like a scarcity mindset. Like we, we travel, like that's one thing we love to do. Um, we, you know, spend, we spend money on, on things that we value. So I'd, I'd say that's like the most succinct way to answer that. Um, but because yeah, we, I love we, that. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just going to wrap it up just to say, because we know what we value and that's what we spend our money on, it's allowed us to save more than we otherwise would. And so when that time came for me to to move on to my current role, and I, I am making like substantially less right now than I was, but it's not impacting us in a negative way because we had a buffer and we have financial systems in place that allow us to get by on you know, not a lot of money. So, yeah. 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 And I like to tell people, you know, it's okay to spend money, just don't waste it. 
you know, and, yeah. and I think that what that does is it allows us to realize and what, that we get to determine what waste is. You know, it's not some sort of external person who says, well, you know, why would you spend money on such and such? And uh, I'm going to have these conversations all the time, even with just family members, you know, like parents of, of my own and just like, well, why would you do that? I'm like, you know what, your your desires and your values are not the same as this individual's. Right. So it would make sense. I remember one of my... Um, favorite uh, examples of this is I used to do some in-person group coaching several years ago. And one of the things that there was a, there was a couple and then there was a single person and they were in the, the group together. And honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, this was back in the day when I was definitely like baby stepping. And like, that was the, that was the form that I would use. Yep. And so uh, the people that I was attracting into my world were also looking for baby stepping and that kind of thing. So I, I put that out there for a reason, uh, but there was somebody who uh, there was this couple and they were saying, you know, well, we're, we're going to cut cable. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine that you'd like to cut cable. Well, the, the single woman was like, there is no way I'm cutting cable. And she was very resistant to that. And this, this couple started like almost attacking her. Like, well, mm. why, like, obviously you're not ready for change and you're not willing to do what it takes. And all of those yappity yappity things that we mm -hmm. hear from outside sources. And I was like, wait a minute, just, just a second. And I looked at the couple and I said, tell me a little bit about what you do when you come home. You know? And so they told me what they did and, and all that stuff. And I asked this, this single girl, I said, tell me a little bit about what you do when you come home. And she's like, well, when I come home, I need to just have some noise. And I like to just be able to, to just release a lot of the, what's going on during the day mm -hmm. and be able to sit in front of the television to do that. And she doesn't have a life partner with her. She yeah. literally goes home and she's by herself. It wasn't that she was just single. Like she literally didn't have a roommate or anything. And so for her, cable was more of a value for her. Now, does that mean that I value cable or even TV in general? We haven't had cable in, I don't know, <laughs> decades now. Um, but, Netflix, right? <laughs> but even just TV in general, I'm like, yeah. like I, don't even, I don't even enjoy sitting and watching anything. So I am a very, uh, I have that addictive personality, I think. So if I sit down, I will be a binger. Like I will, okay. I will forego sleep. I will <laughs> sit and watch something for a really long time. And so I realized that it has to be something I'm really interested in. Yep. It has to be something that I'm willing to put other things off for. And because of that, that's measurement I don't watch as very much anymore because I just like, eh, I'd rather go read a book or I'd rather, sure. you know, play games with my kids or whatever. Um, and so I just don't watch very much, but that's not my value to impose onto somebody else. And so I just, I would love if you wouldn't mind. One of the things that I talk about a lot, either just in this podcast or with my clients is values mm -hmm. because we need to understand what our own priorities are. If we're going to shift from, accepting what everybody else tells us to do and actually create our own plans that are in alignment with what we what we value and what we believe well then we better figure out what the heck we value and what we believe Absolutely. and that is so hard for so many people so i'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what is what's the process that you went through or what are some of the values that you identified when you were spraying houses and slaying mouses <laughs> what that you nailed it. See, it sounds so weird to say mouses instead of mice, but anyway, <laughs> right, um, when you were doing that, 
but it's not. And so it, it, it sounds fine hearing it, but when I said it out loud, it just it didn't want to roll off my tongue. Anyway, yeah. while you were doing that, I'm sure that there was a lot of contemplating going on for you. And, and yeah. I'm just curious, what were some of the values that you recognized that you're like, you know what, I think that this is something over here that I'd like to do instead. Um, I'd just love to hear some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Man, where to begin with that? Um, you know, when I was in pest control, like one of the great silver linings, as I say, is just being able to take advantage of the time I had in my truck or even as I was working outside and had my my AirPods in, you know, listening to podcasts. I wasn't listening to the Financial Coaches podcast at that time, um, but, you know, delving <laughs> we into... We weren't around at that time. Exa- yeah, okay. if you would have been, I'd have been there at the beginning, but... Um, <laughs> Delving into different shows talking about, you know, financial independence, like that's, that's something that resonates with me. Not so much, and you hear people make the distinction between like the financial independence and the retire early. And I don't so much connect with the retire early aspect because my goal isn't to stop working. My goal is more so to, to make prudent, wise financial decisions and steward our money in a way where we can get to a, a place where we don't necessarily have to rely on the nine to five to get by um, because then that just opens up the world to you to be able to use your time. I'm all about, you know, time freedom really. And especially as I've become a husband and now a father of young boys, like there's a, a statistic I heard the, the other day that said, by the time your child is 12 years old, you've spent roughly 80% of the time you're going to have with them in their, their life, which is insane to me. And so like my boys now are two and, you know, half of a year, but that, that time's going to fly by. And so for me, it's, when I think about money, it's, it's not first and foremost, it's not the ultimate goal. It's just a, a tool or a vehicle towards my destination or towards my goals. And the main thing being is just to, to have that time freedom, to be able to, you know, look at each day and say, like, I get to decide how I use my time and um, I get to be open to connecting with people, whether it's on a podcast interview or going and grabbing lunch. Um, you know, I, I don't have to be stuck in in an office or in my truck. And again, these are, are my personal values, but it's it's been a it's been just a journey of, of discovery and I've been able to take wisdom from various podcasts and, and groups. And I'm a part of a, a mastermind community with a, it's a, a dad podcast. And uh, so I, mm-hmm. I get to learn from other men who are husbands and fathers. And again, they're a little bit further down the path than I am. And, um, you know, just identifying my core values of, you know, first and foremost is my faith in Christ that enforces everything that I do and the way that I interact with people and, and then, you know, family and time and, and, and leaving a legacy, I think is, is something that's super important to me. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day who also does a podcast and we were just talking about how, whether or not we ever have, you know, audiences of thousands of people, the thought that our, our kids could someday listen or our grandkids or great grandkids that we might not even meet. And they could listen to that and and know who we were as men and what we stood for, what we valued. Like that's, that's super cool for me to think about. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I've, I've had the same thought uh, because I don't know, we're, we're almost 200 episodes into the Make Money Behave podcast. And I've always said that if I only have four listeners, as long as it's the four that I bore, then yeah, that's yeah, perfect. That's and I don't mean bore like to death, but, um, <laughs> but, that, but it might be both, you know, I might bore them too. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all going to die someday. And, and I know that that's not super Pollyanna-ish <laughs> and yet it's the truth. And so I think right now, I, so I don't know if you know, I have two teenagers, so that 80% statistic that actually really hits home because yeah. mine are over 12, two of them, two out of the four are over 12 already. Um, and one of them is actually just graduated and is moving off to school. So hearing that it's like, you know what, right now in this age, they don't really want to listen. They do, but they don't like they, they want, they want to hear what we have to say, but they don't want to admit that. Hmm. And so I think that being able to have a podcast like this or one that you have with your friends it's like you're kind of searing your legacy. You're, you're making it evergreen. You know, they're always mm. going to be able to access that. And then when they're 40 or 50, if I'm no longer around, then they can see, hear some of the wisdom or or some of the, you know, faux pas or whatever it is that I put out there. Um, they'll be able to go, okay, yeah, I, I can now hear from my mom. You know, yeah, and I think that's that that's cool. something that's so cool that a lot of uh, past generations don't have. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to hear say that when you mentioned your your faith in Christ, the the phrase that you used after that was that it, and I'm forgetting the word that you used, um, that it, it it doesn't. What was I? Oh, help yeah, me I just out said, here, like, Ryan. It influences. It was about like how it everything that influences. I do. That wasn't the word, but that's that was okay. the idea. Yes, yeah. that it influences Informs, everything that you maybe. do. That's okay. I, yeah. I don't think it was. It, yeah. So I want to bring that up because I think that uh, no matter what our value is. The truth is, if we are living in our values, it is informing what we're doing. And I think it's very easy for us to recognize that when it comes to something like a Christian faith. It's a little harder for us to recognize that when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I want people to realize is that money just tells a story. It's It's just a reflection of what we believe. And if it's not a reflection of what we believe, if it's not an accurate reflection of what we believe, then that's where we need to make that subtle shift. Yep. So that when people see how we are spending our money and and how we are um, how we are allocating those funds, they can go, oh, I see, I understand. It this this thing is going to inform everything that we do now. These values will inform how we live out our our even our money journey. Yep. Um, so I'm really glad that you said that because I think so many people just they don't really understand that, and then they just kind of get lost in um, in the oh, I can't have this latte or they get lost in the guilt. I think I mentioned to you before we even jumped in today that so many of my clients, the first two, three months of it is like undoing guilt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like we don't even get to budget some time for a little while because it's just unpacking all of the guilt that they've experienced because they're like, well, I really want to do X, Y, and Z. And I've been told that I can't because ABC. And um, it's just helping under helping people understand you know what the only the only plan that is worth you doing is the one that's going to work so don't worry about what everybody else tries to impose on you right if the plan that you're doing right now isn't working then let's look at that for sure we're not just going to be you know super permissive all the time and be like you know just throw caution to the wind mm-hmm. we do need to be realistic 
but we want to make sure that it's something that is in alignment with those values. And so I really appreciate that you saw that and you're like, you know what, these are some of the things that I want to make sure that I do. Um, one example that I have because of the 80% thing, and this, I'll just share this because people need to hear that sometimes we make decisions. I think people think that, um, you know, as financial coaches, we always have our stuff put together and that we <laughs> never make these, these poor financial decisions. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just be transparent with this one. Yeah. And right. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly correct. Uh, so about about two years ago, we moved into a, a new home and we had wanted to put a backyard in and everything that I had heard in the past would have resulted in a no, we can't afford it. And I'm so grateful that I've done so much mental work to realize that, first of all, saying that we can't afford it pretty much predetermines that we're not going to be able to afford it. Ever. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Self-defeating. Even if you don't want to spend it right now. Yes, exactly. And B, that my children are hearing that. They're right. hearing it, they're owning that, and then they're going to start repeating that later mm -hmm. on. Yep. So instead, I've started to shift to, you know, how can we afford this? Yeah, how might we? Instead yeah. of we can't afford this. Yeah, um, yeah so, so that's one thing I want to point out. But the other thing was we knew that our girls were getting older and, and they had always wanted a pool, always. And because we were like, nope, we're paying off debt, we're doing this, we're doing that. We were always like, no, we're not going to do that. And... Then because we worked hard and we did pay off a bunch of debt, I want to make sure I throw that in there because yeah. I don't want people to think that we just said, oh, well, you know, now because we want it, we're just going to go get it. We, we worked really hard and we sacrificed a lot. And by we, I mean, not just me and my husband, but our children too. Mm -hmm. They were definitely part of that sacrificial journey. And then we got to the point where we're like, now's the time. The kids are going to be gone way sooner than we think. And we want that time with them. We want to be able to spend those moments, make those memories with them. Mm -hmm. And so we made the decision to go ahead and pull the trigger on something before we had it fully funded, mm -hmm. which my old self would have been like, oh, <laughs> what are that's you doing? not okay. Yeah. That's like Clark right. Griswold right there. But from now Christmas that vacation. my daughter... <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but now that my daughter is 17, almost 18, and she's moving out of the house, and we're not going to have those times with her, having been able to watch her enjoy that with mm -hmm. her younger sisters for the past year has been absolutely incredible. And so when we're making those payments to finish paying that off, yep. I don't regret that anymore. Yep. It's not, it doesn't feel like a sense of, you know, of, um, indebtedness even mm -hmm. though it technically is mm -hmm. it i actually start to feel gratitude for writing those checks mm -hmm. because i'm like you know what we were able to get that going before she was gone mm -hmm. and so i bring that example up so all of you who are listening know that we we actually do have debt even though we were debt free for a while we do have some now and i don't regret it yeah and I also know that we wouldn't have been able to do that if we hadn't laid the foundation before. So a lot of this is very intentional. And, and I just want people to understand that. And it's I see you nodding your head a lot. So you've probably had similar experiences. Um, you know, you mentioned that you've been married four years and that there were growing pains in, in your journey. I've been married almost 20 this year. And uh, I... I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but the groin pains never seem to go away. They just shift like location, I think. <laughs> it's it's all I mean it's all good, uh, but there's always growing pains. And I think if there aren't, that means you're not growing. 
And that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me even just go back to your story of, of, you know, making that investment for the pool. Cause it's like, yeah, it costs money and it, it created some debt, but like when you write those checks, I imagine even as you shared, it's like, man, I write that check, but this, this in a sense bought all these amazing memories and experiences that, you know, we can have for the rest of our lives. And um, I did even want to ask real quick if I can, because you mentioned like the sacrifice that your children made and involving them in that. And as a, as a, you know, dad with young kids, I'm very curious, like if you could share about what that experience was like, like, how did you, how did you bring your kids along and kind of help them catch that vision of like, yes, there's some immediate sacrifices, but this is what it's going towards. Would you mind sharing about that? No, not at all. I think uh, when we're talking probably 10 years ago is when some of that was going on. So at the time, we only had two young ones uh, because I have gaps in my children. So so we only had two at the time. Um, And so they would have been about seven and five. And a lot of a lot of what we were doing was not something that that they would really be fully aware of, um, except that if they wanted to do things that um, that were just immediate, like go to, through the McDonald's drive through yeah. or, you know, whatever some of those little things are, then we would sometimes we would say yes to them because it was planned. And sometimes we would say, we're actually going to get rid of a lot of this stuff first. And then when we do that, we can, you know, do this. Now at the time, the ultimate goal for them was not a pool, just for the record. It was a trampoline. Um, So (laughs) yeah. So that was one of the things that they were like, yes, could we get a trampoline? And we would say not until we've done these things first. Mm -hmm. And so they came up with the division, the vision of what they wanted and then we said yes to it after everything was done first. Yeah. And then what happened was we actually started to um, give visuals of our progress. Yeah, that's, so yeah, that's I awesome. would have, uh, you know, whether I, I either had one of those thermometers that yeah, I would always print because if I draw them, <laughs> yeah, if I draw them, they look a little phallic. And so I don't draw them. Um, but I will either print that out or my creativity was to do something like, um, like if you're paying down for a certain vacation, I would draw like a palm tree and we yeah. would color that in. Like you know, airplane. That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So we would just make. Yeah. So we would make visuals for them. And ironically enough, not only was that good for them, but that was actually the thing that got my husband excited. It was the thing that, because I'm the, yeah, I'm the money person in our family. I know that's a shocker, Uh, but, and he was always willing to come on board and he was willing to sacrifice and he was willing to do those things, but he never got into the accounts to really see it. He never really wanted to sit down and actually open the books Mm -hmm. once a month. And so we never followed that script. We just, that was nothing that we did. Now, did we talk about what we were doing? Yes. I made sure about that, but it was never like a scheduled monthly thing. So I I obviously don't do everything the way some people talk about it. Um, But he got to the point because it took probably three, three and a half years for us to have the $130,000 turnaround. And, and so he was like, burnt out at some point because he wasn't looking at the numbers. I was seeing the numbers. So I was seeing the results. He was not seeing those Mm because he wasn't looking. 
And so one day I started putting up the visuals specifically for myself, for my children. And because in the back of my mind, I knew that that would be exciting for Mm -hmm. him. So I put it somewhere where he would see. So I basically put it on the refrigerator because he eats every day. (laughs) Uh, So I would put that on the refrigerator and I said nothing to him about it. And one day he's like, oh, I see you were actually making some progress on here. Mm-hmm. And so that was the thing that really kind of sparked it for him. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we never looked back. Um, there was a funny story. My daughter, one time we were, my husband did want to go to McDonald's or something. It was after <laughs> church. And he's like, you know, I'm really hungry and I want to go, I want to go wherever it was. Um, we'll just say McDonald's, even though McDonald's is pretty gross, but I think that's where it was. Um, and he's like, you know, anybody else want something? And normally they'd all be like, yeah, we want something. This time I'm like, you know what? No, it really kind of sounds gross to me. I don't want to spend my money there. And I just... <laughs> I decided I didn't want to spend my money there. I didn't tell him he couldn't. Right. He had his own, you know, discretionary money that if he wanted to do that, that was fine. And my daughter, she was probably 10 at the time. She, um, we're, we're sitting in the drive-thru and she says, mom, how are we ever going to become debt-free if dad keeps wanting to go <laughs> and eat? And That's awesome. <laughs> On one hand, I wanted to just be like, oh boy, you know, uh, but on the other hand, I thought this is a, this is a good teaching moment for her. And I said, I said, well, you see, <laughs> while you're not totally wrong, your dad does have some discretionary funds. And if he would like to spend that in this drive through, then that's dad's decision to do that. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. And she accepted that. So we get up to the actual um, place where they tell you how much it is, you know, where you order. And they said, you know, $3.50. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you. He was going to go somewhere more expensive, like Wendy's or something. And when okay. I said it's going to come out of your discretionary fund, he turned around and went to the dollar menu uh, at yep, McDonald's. Smart. That's what happened. Prudent. And so that was one of the first <laughs> mental things, right? Like, okay, now I can choose between this or yeah. this. And it's because I'm spending my own money. Um, but anyway, we get up to the um, counter or uh, to the ordering spot where they tell you how much it is. And let's just say it was $3.57. Okay. So he was spending cash and I was just, I'm anal with some of this stuff. So I'm like, I don't want to have 57 cents. So I, I went to grab two pennies. So it could be 350, just yep. as an example, or three, I think I was borrowing seven cents. So it could be 350. Okay. I'm going to pull out the coins and the same daughter pipes up and she goes, well, if dad's going to be spending his own money on this, then I think that you should give him any of your money for him to buy this. And I'm oh, like, man. oh my gosh. She's on it. <laughs> like we have created an absolute monster right now. <laughs> um, so I, it was it was very funny as a parent. I said, don't worry, dear. I'm just giving him some change. We don't have all these extra pennies in the car. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really funny that they clearly started to see and understand some of these concepts. I think that if we had tried to drill it into them, it would have had a totally different effect. Um, Instead, we just let them see what it was that they wanted. We watched them make some sacrifices along the way. We modeled for them how Mm -hmm. to make some of those decisions and let them know that you don't always have to say no to yourself. You you can sometimes say yes, as long as it's planned and intentional. And and so they just kind of saw all of that. And I will tell you that the first thing that we bought after we became debt-free was a trampoline. 
Man, and, that's awesome. And we didn't even go cheap on them. We let them get the 15-footer with the net <laughs> and, and all of it. So we yep. let them see that we actually appreciated that they were willing to do some, you know, a little bit of sacrificing to move forward. And we still have that thing, just for the record. We still have that. And, <laughs> and now strong. we also have the pool. Um, right, right. It was it was a good it was a good buy. We've only yeah. had to replace the net one time. Um, but yeah, I just think that a lot of times there are ways to let the kids be involved in it. And it wasn't all just, you know, you have to have your own envelopes and you have to do this and just being open with them and letting them see just a small peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we wanted to let them know was some of the, the decisions that we were making, but we never wanted them to feel like it was their fault that we had gotten ourselves into the mess we had gotten ourselves into. And we never wanted them to feel a lot of the stress that came from some of those decisions, but we did allow them to see consequences in the moment. So Hmm. like if somebody wanted to uh, buy a doll and they had $5 to do that, then, then they needed seven, you know, we had them either decide, do they, do they want to wait Till they have the seven dollars for that doll, or do they want to buy this lesser doll for mm-hmm. five dollars? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, they get to make some of those small decisions along the way. Yeah, the delayed gratification. Yeah, no, thank you so much yes. for yes for peeling back that story. I think that's honestly probably the biggest value listeners are probably going to take from our conversation is just <laughs> that example of like how to involve your kids and as as a father with young boys, like. You know, we're still, you know, a few years out from that, but that's something I'm actively thinking about of like, man, if they want to buy a puppy or a trampoline or even some bigger grandiose thing like a vacation, like how do we use that as a teaching process and and give them ownership with it? It's not just mom and dad that are like saving behind the scenes and they, they're just waiting till we say like, all right, we can go to Disney World. It's like, no, like here's the chart. You got the Mickey mouse ears and we're shading it in the more that we save and like they can contribute to that and they can sacrifice, but it's also not teaching them that they have to live like in deprivations. Like, no, you can still enjoy things along the way, but you're also working towards this big goal and there's a collective effort. And I just think there's so many teachable points from that. So I appreciate you sharing about that. That's awesome. You are very welcome. And it's so funny you bring up the Mickey ears because I actually have a client who did that very thing. Her daughter really (laughs) wanted to go to Disney. And so I'm like, okay, draw Mickey ears. And I helped her figure all that out. And we figured out how many lines to put on there. You know, what what was the actual vacation going to cost? And and then we broke it up. And the other cool thing about it is, you know, kids are always getting money from somewhere. I mean, I know mine are. There there are generous family members who are like, here, you know, here's a hundred bucks or here's 20 bucks or, you know, whatever that is. And so one of the other things I would just add to that, Ryan, is if they get money and they want to contribute to that, you let them do the coloring. You know, if they put in 20 bucks or a hundred bucks and that you let them do the actual coloring. So now they're really feeling like there's a sense of ownership and they get really excited about that. So that's That's just one extra thing to throw in there for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, (laughs) 
Yeah. So let's just for a second, because I want to make sure that we respect your time here. Um, I'd love to shift just a little bit to Cube because yeah. I've, I've kind of looked at it a little bit. And I know that some of the listeners are going to really benefit from having a tool like this. Yeah. Um, I think when I first met you, I told you that I had actually created a tool very similar, mm -hmm. but I never had the backing to make it an actual app and to set it up with bank accounts and all, all of that kind of stuff there. And so when I saw this, I'm like, that's fantastic. One of the things that people struggle with is the idea of carrying cash with them. And I think the other thing that people struggle with is that they, they really like to be able just to use a card. And so um, my approach with people is very personalized. And I, I let them know, you know, if you know that you are going to overspend on a certain category and cash is the way for you to go, then we lean into that. If you are thinking that you need to do cash just because you don't know when that money's going to run out because you don't have a system in place to understand like how much there is for each category, then we have to lean into that. And it sounds like Cube is a really good resource for somebody of the latter persuasion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So essentially it's a online budgeting and banking tool and it gives you the power of the cash envelope system which a lot of us we know the utility there we know it's a proven system but in its original form it's just clunky and antiquated and kind of risky if you're having to carry around hundreds thousands of dollars so cube really just puts that power um, on your phone so you use the cube app and then your card whether you use the physical cube debit card or your mobile card um, you just use that in tandem. So let's say I go in, into a coffee shop. Um, I open up the app. I have a personal spending cube. I open that up and then I run my card for that purchase. It gives me, you know, real time awareness of what I have. So I'm, I'm literally visualizing that I have $20 left of my personal spending and it's, there's two weeks left in the month. So I'm also kind of thinking ahead of time of like, all right, I'll have some left over. And it's a safe method because there's a zero uh, balance on your card. So there's no money on it until you actually open up a cube. Um, so it prevents, you know, theft if you lose the card or just unplanned purchases. Um, yeah. Okay. So you use the term Q cloud. So what happens is you've got money in, can I, I'm just going to use the word chase. Because yeah. everyone knows of Chase Bank. Okay. Um, so that we're just going to say that's your personal account is at Chase. And I'm not getting paid by Chase to say this. Um, I don't even love them. But anyway. Okay. So <laughs> let's say you have your personal account at Chase. You, and you've opened a Cube account. And you've got $2,000 from a paycheck. And you're, you, you know where you want to do with it. So you transfer. Let's just say you're going to transfer $1,500 of that $2,000 okay. into your Cube cloud. Yeah. And then, so that cube cloud, now it's no longer accessible at Chase. So you can't spend it there. It's, it's away from there. Right. And because you haven't, because you haven't transferred it to specific cubes, it's also a zero balance on your card. So if you, if someone steals your card, they can't get anything from it. Um, but that $1,500 is still sitting there. So when you're ready, you transfer money from there to the cube and, and then you can spend it at, in the moment. Is that accurate? Yep. So yeah, you just think of like your cube cloud as like a savings account. So from that, you just okay. allocate it into the, okay. the cubes. Yep. 
Okay, cool. So this, I mean, it might not be for everybody. It might not be for somebody who maybe doesn't want to assign every dollar a name. And there are people out there who are like, you know what, I'd really rather do, you know, the 20, 30, 50 budget, or I'd rather just know what, pay all my stuff and then have discretionary, you know, I already build in my savings and, and then the rest of it I can just do. So, so we're balance checkers. Um, so there may be someone who doesn't want to go through some of those extra steps. However, it sounds like this is very, very good for somebody who really wants the accountability of cash but also wants the ability to not have to carry it with them, uh, whether it's a safety thing or not. Maybe they just don't want to have to do it. Yeah, convenience um, even. Or yeah. the person who wants to be able to, exactly, the convenience of just being able to swipe their card. Uh, and yet they also want that built-in accountability. So how, like, how much does this cost? Yeah, so um, we have a, an affiliate partnership with Cube. So if... A listener wanted to sign up they could use our affiliate link that would give them two months of the premium membership for free after which time it is only if you pay for annually it's only six fifty six dollars fifty cents a month if you paid month to month it'd be eight dollars okay. so it's still less expensive than some of the other common budgeting apps out there and there's no transfer fees as long as you don't need it instantaneously Right, right. Yeah, you can set up ACH okay. or you could okay. even do direct deposit um, or instant transfer from your card. Okay. And real quick, Ryan, what are some of the features of the basic plan that you that you don't have to pay for? Yeah, so if you wanted to just do the free basic plan, that's going to give you uh, 10 cubes max, which just starting out, that would probably suffice um, if you were just wanting to kind of hone in on your groceries and use it for gas and, you know, eating out, things like that. But if you're really, once you start using it and you get, get used to the system and you're really wanting to switch everything over, um, it'd be in your best interest to, you know, switch to the premium membership. That'll give you unlimited cubes. Um, I will also add that for couples, you only get the joint account using the premium membership. So for, you know, spouses, that's going to allow you to have the same account. You each have your own card. Um, but when you're using the app, you're both seeing the same thing. So it's updating in real time and just giving you, yeah, accountability. You can get a notification if your spouse spends here and, and vice versa and just helps you be on the same page. Okay. I know some spouses who will not like that. Um, <laughs> one of those growing pains. Um, but no, I'm, I'm all kidding aside. It sounds like somebody who is single and not wanting to micromanage their their money actually could get away with that free app, right? I mean, yeah. 10, 10 cubes, I understand that you know it, it's limited, but there, there are probably a few people who don't want to get too much into the minutia of every single penny goes here, here, or here. And so maybe someone who doesn't want to do that, 10 is enough for them, especially if they're single. Right. Yeah. That would also probably be good, I would imagine, for somebody like my kids who are teenagers and they you know, are not going to be 
really into the whole paper budgeting thing. I can tell you because yeah. I have some that was like, mm, no, thank you. Um, but it might be a really good way for them to see their money in different ways and understand where it can go. And then kind of, like I said, have that some of that built in accountability for them. Yeah, for sure. And I know that Cube is working, they're developing the family plan, which should be launched soon. So yeah, there's no age restriction on that. So parents can um, add their children to their account. Um, And basically each child will get their own card. They'll see their own kind of account screen. They won't have access to the parents' information in their spending, but the parents will have oversight. um, And then they'll even have certain kind of restrictions or monitoring that the parents can put in place to really just, yeah, empower their kids to get used to using their money and, and, you know, having goals and yeah, being responsible. Yeah, that's fantastic. I did see that the, the app was for ages four and up. Um, So I'm assuming there's no age restriction on that. But for example, if I have a 15 year old who has her own bank account, can I have it connected just to that without having to do the family plan. Oh, like if they just wanted to start um, on their own. Yeah. If they have their own bank account, I don't see why not. Okay. Fantastic. I just figure I'd let people know before they, un- I think they're rolling out the family plan soon. So if it's not yep. there and you guys don't want to wait to get started, right. you can get your teenagers set up on that right away. So very cool. Ryan, this has been really fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that you'd like to say that we haven't covered? I feel like we've covered so much today. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap it up? Oh man. Um, No, Maria, thank you again for having me on. Um, Hopefully this has been informative and encouraging and entertaining to those that have listened. Um, I would just encourage anybody that's listening to uh, just take action with, you know, one thing that we shared, whether it's, you know, working with your kids to to set goals and involve them kind of in the the details of of savings and for, for various goals or whatnot, or if it's even just honing in on your own budget, um, I would, you know, definitely strongly recommend exploring Cube, but do something, you know, because at the end of the day, we don't just want to take in a lot of information and not act on it. We want to exercise wisdom. We want to put things into practice and, and grow. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah. I love that. That's a fantastic place to wrap that up. The last thing I'm going to ask you, Ryan, is where can people find you if they'd like to connect with you further? Yeah. So as you alluded to earlier, I do have my own podcast. It's called Mining for Time and it explores uh, Christian's pursuit of financial independence. It's So I, you know, I explore biblical principles of money management and finance and and even just growth. Uh, so you can find me there and also on the website, mindingfortime.com. So yeah, I'd love to love to connect. That sounds great. I will put that in the show notes for everybody and along with the a promo code for the two months free for Cube if they want to try to uh, just explore that a little bit further. And if there's anything else that we need to add in there, we'll put that in there too. Absolutely. Thank you again, Ryan, for coming onto the show. As always to you listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Make Money Behave podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about the Make Money Behave podcast by leaving a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. If you'd like to connect directly with Maria, text the word podcast to 623-400-5225. In the meantime, don't just make money, make money behave.